how far back does this go, Philip? Uh, about a year, a little more than a year. I, I tried a year ago to get you to watch these movies, right? Yes. I wanted you to catch up. I think this was around the, t- the time that Infinity War came out. And you had seen some of the movies and some you hadn't, no particular order that made any sense. Um, certainly not in the order that, that Marvel would want you to watch them. And it was kind of a weird collection that you had seen, mostly more recent stuff, but then you'd also seen, I think, all the Iron Man movies, I believe you had told me. Anyway, you came to me one day on the Slack and you said, well, I was saying I wanted you to watch them because... I just thought it would be cool to do more like a whole MCU and review type thing, but that's just never going to happen because there's too many movies, right? And they don't stop. They just keep coming out. Uh, so you asked me, well, what's, what's the must watch list? Because like we mentioned earlier, we have a, a three to one ratio on kids and it's hard. It's hard to watch 22 movies. Who has time for that? It turns out too that, I, I thought my wife, so my wife saw most of, if not all of the Marvel movies that I've seen with me and has enjoyed all of them by and large. And so I talked with her about this list that you had given me. And then I got uh, more, more even recently, I got just a hard drive um, of folders from you of just several of the, of the movies to make them a little easier to watch if they're not available streaming here and there. Um, because when, when they're available streaming, it's much easier. But she just kind of led me on and kept telling me, you know. Blair. No, I don't really want to watch, you know, Captain America such and such tonight. Not not tonight, not tonight, not tonight. And so ultimately, you know, push came to shove. And this, this re-release of Endgame is what eventually got me to just... Because I really wanted to see Endgame in theaters yes and it just wasn't coming together and so this re-release just kind of cemented that this this is it you either see it this week or, or not or done yeah and then you know just so happened that it also coincided with uh you going to see it again so maybe we could go see it together like we just did this evening and so i thought that that would be great to do and so so a year ago, so a year ago, before Infinity War, I gave you a list, and it was it was several movies long, but it wasn't the whole MCU, right? You told me what you had seen, and we we talked about it, and I decided I made a list for you of these are the must watch that you needed to see before watching Infinity War. It consisted of Iron Man, which you'd already watched. Uh, Captain America: The First Avenger, Thor, Avengers, Captain America: Winter, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Homecoming, and Thor Ragnarok. Now, that was before Infinity War. Um, So, notably, I had left off Black Panther, which had just come out, I think. But I was trying to tell you, I was trying to get you to watch these, these movies that I thought were relevant going into Infinity War. So, you know, Black Panther is a good movie. Doesn't mean you shouldn't watch it. But... You get introduced to Black Panther in Civil War. You know what you need to know about him heading into Infinity War. That was a year ago. (laughs) And you really didn't make any ground on that list at all. 
But you started watching all the movies that came out after Infinity War. So you you saw Ant-Man and the Wasp. You saw uh, Captain Marvel. And then I think you'd also seen Ant-Man at some point. Just asking me for advice and then not not following it at, at all. So making things difficult. So these movies were different than the movies you had told me to watch because... My wife was truly and actually interested in seeing them and saw them with me. They were in theaters when we had Movie Pass and or Cinemia. Rest in peace. Sometime we'll talk about that. Oh gosh, yeah. Uh, Cinemia, R.I.P. Of course, Movie Pass, DVD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and there were a number of movies there that came out that were ultimately going to link into like only Endgame, really. And so, I mean, Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp and Black Panther and Captain Marvel, all of these could individually be seen without any, any past knowledge of anything, without really missing out on much. Captain Marvel, most of all. So all of the movies that we saw since you gave me this list had a few aspects in common in that they came to theaters or... In the case of Ant-Man and the Wasp, they only had one previous movie to see before you could go see that one in theaters. And we had Movie Pass, we had Cinemia, and so my wife loves going to the movies, and she'll she'll watch some things in theaters that she probably wouldn't watch just at home, where there's just an infinite number of things that you could watch. So she, she was more interested in seeing these these movies, and so we went and saw them in theaters for free, you know, and <laughs> with a little bit of quotation marks. And they were also just individual to themselves, other than, you know, maybe one preceding movie. But you didn't need to see all the Captain Americas before you saw Ant-Man, before you saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, is what I'm trying to say. And Black Panther, it turns out there was some stuff before Black Panther about Black Panther that I didn't know. I had never seen Black Panther before Black Panther, but if I understand the release schedule, the snippets of Black Panther in some of the Captain Americas were before Black Panther came out. Yes, he was in Civil War, which came out before. Right, Black like, like a good bit, you know, like he was like a tiny bit. He was like a post-credit scene of the Winter Soldier, maybe. Um, Black Panther, right? No, he uh, he showed up in Civil War. That was the first time you had seen or heard of him. Oh, oh, oh! And then he was in Infinity. Yes, Wars. Okay, Infinity War. Infinity War. Infinity, Infinity War. War. Okay, that's just one war. Just one war. There was yeah. just one Civil War. Yep. There's just one Infinity War. <laughs> just one Endgame. Well, one that would Just end. one Endgame without a space, which is weird. Is I that, like Endgame Is that even a word? Space. Yeah, it is now. It's in the lexicon. So we went and saw them, and we didn't ruin anything for ourselves seeing Captain Marvel before seeing anything else. We didn't ruin anything for ourselves seeing Ant-Man, seeing Black Panther. The, the, list, the list goes on here. Except for I think that's the whole list. <laughs> and it was just, it was a, especially this whole list. Obviously, you, you narrowed it down from, I think, the 15 movies I would have had to watch to, uh, say, it's about 10 movies here that you that you said, you know, that you recommended that I see these before I see Infinity War. Yes. <laughs> and I, I just couldn't. I couldn't get my foot in the door. You had a whole year, and instead of watching the 15 I gave you, you just watch the new ones that were coming out. I get it. 
I get it. People, they ask me for advice and then they don't want to follow it. I've had a lot of people do that to me in my life, so I'm used to it. But then Endgame comes out. It's a huge, gargantuan movie. And they decide to come out and re-release it, which doesn't even make sense because it's not like it was gone. That, it's, that's really comical. Just about, uh, about beating it. Avatar, man. Exactly. They, they're, they're, they already beat them domestically, but... Which that sounds that sounds bad. My my. Oh man, that the uh, wow. Uh, they already beat them at the domestic box office totals, um, but they wanted that global worldwide record, right? They're about thirty four ish million dollars away, so they decide, hey, we're gonna make up some stuff. We're gonna say we have an intro from the director, which it was only one director, okay, and it was like literally, hey, thanks for watching this movie. That was really it, I assume, because I don't even remember what he said. Uh, was that in our movie today? Yeah, it was at the <laughs> right before it. Yeah, exactly. Are you sure? Yes. Yeah, I'm positive. It was oh. only one of the one of the Russo brothers. Maybe I was finishing Infinity War at that point. You might have gone to the bathroom. I don't know. Oh, okay. It was so quick though. Uh, and then they said there's going to be extra content, a, a deleted scene, an unfinished deleted scene, which we didn't stay for to to see it. And then there was going to be some like spider-man preview or something and i don't want to see that because i no more see previous podcasts yeah see previous podcasts about my weird thing with trailers now which side note toy story 4 totally confirmed that this is a great strategy because i didn't see any of those trailers went and saw the movie loved it we'll talk about it on another podcast but afterwards i decided i'm gonna go watch these two trailers now and see what was in the trailers Everything, everything was in the trailers. I mean, literally the whole movie is in those trailers. All the story points, they're right there. So glad I didn't watch the trailers for that. Back to- I wasn't given the choice whether I was going to receive your note to me before I saw the movie about how the trailer ruined things in the movie. Oh, gosh. I guess I got to fix my friends better and avoid my trailers. Uh, No. Uh, I got the same feedback from my other friends who- were upset with me, quote unquote, because they they don't even care about Toy Story. They don't even like it, which is just I don't even want to talk about it because I'll get sorry, very angry. What? We'll talk about it some other time. But they they they've pretended to be so offended that I had spoiled the movie for them, and I said, I know that you don't care about spoilers. You know how I know this because you watch trailers. Conversation over. Anyway, yeah. They're doing this re-release. They say there's going to be extra stuff. There was really no extra stuff. And there, there's one deleted scene. We didn't. I didn't stay to to see what it was. I don't really care. It's it's unfinished. You know, if it's not going to be in the movie, I, I don't I don't care. I wouldn't wanted to go back just because I love this movie. I've seen it now five times, uh, which is crazy because I've never seen any movie in theater that many times, and I that makes me sound like one of the weird people, which I guess I am. I, I don't know. Um, what am I, where, where am I going with this? We, oh, they're re-releasing it and this is like your last chance. You said that earlier, right? This is your last chance. So you come to me on Friday and say, Hey, you know that list? Thank you Slack, by the way, for being able to resurface, uh, old messages. I'll say. You remember that list, Levi? Uh, can we just narrow that down even more? Because I really want to go see Endgame on Sunday. 
Uh, but I just, I, I, don't, I don't have time to watch 15 movies or however many I, I gave you here. So I narrowed it down even further to just four movies that you had to watch before seeing Endgame. Avengers, the first Avengers. Uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Captain America, Civil War. And obviously Infinity War because, <laughs> hello, it's, 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 you know, pretty important to what happens in Endgame. Apparently. You you literally finished Infinity War in the movie theater on your phone <laughs> as the previews were playing for Endgame today, which that that was just perfect. Uh, I that pretty much summed up this whole uh, this whole extravaganza that we've been on for the last year. Um, but having now seen Endgame and you watch those four movies this weekend. First question I have for you is, what do you think about the the movies I said you had to watch? I also had you watch recaps of the other ones, just so you would know big picture who some of these people were, because there's so many callbacks in Endgame all throughout the MCU. But of the four that I told you to watch, how do you feel about my my narrowing down and selection of those four? Did I do a good job preparing you for the Endgame? I think I think you did a great job. I applaud you. I appreciate you. And I think that one, the Thor the Thor recaps sound insane. Oh yeah. <laughs> because it's just one thing after another that aren't real words. Right. That you you don't understand. Norse mythology, who knows what's going on. But it was really interesting to me when I when I got so the first recap I watched was Thor. So I saw I saw Iron Man way back when when it came out in 09. And then so I watched the recap of Thor and I was like, "Whoa." Like I had heard about Loki, I knew Loki was his brother. I think I'd probably heard that he was actually not his brother and this that and the other. So spoilers throughout everyone. <laughs> yes. Spoilers for the entire MCU. We probably should have said that at the beginning. So the Thor recap sounded crazy pants to me, but you told me what to get out of it, which is just understand Thor and Loki's relationship. And I felt like I felt like I did that, and I felt like I only did that <laughs> from the four-minute recap that I watched on YouTube. But I felt like I did do that, and that's the only thing you you asked me to do with that. And so I felt I felt accomplished. And then I watched Captain America, the first. No, I didn't watch Captain America: The First Avenger. I watched a recap of recap, Captain America: yeah. The First Avenger, and this is actually interesting, and it's one of the reasons why. I ended up doing this now and not along the way like you did is because there was one fateful day when I was way too tired. We had like really young, like babies. I don't, I don't remember which baby this was. Um, it was either Crosby or Hosea. So it was babies and other children too, um, which was the exhausting part of my life. And I turned on Captain America, the first Avenger Blair and I did. And I think we, I think we both fell asleep during Captain America, the first Avenger. And so I remember like bits and pieces of it. And I remember like waking up and seeing like now he's not. <laughs> yeah. now he's, he now starts he's, off tiny and, and like really short and It was really skinny. weird. And then apparently. Asthmatic. Like now it wasn't the 40s. And <laughs> it was oh very, yeah, the very, very. It's very strange. So I kind of picked up on some of that, but it seemed very, obviously it didn't hold my attention, but I, it wasn't really, the, it's. It wasn't really its fault necessarily, but I, I got the feeling, especially from the Iron Man movies, the Iron Man movies to me are 
a terrible part of the MCU because I feel like Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 are some of the most formulaic of the Marvel movies. And I didn't like that. So it really kind of turned me off to, once I fell asleep in this Captain America, it turns out it wasn't its fault. Then I really wasn't like jonesing to see the other Captain Americas. And obviously I kind of had to see the the Avengers. And I really should have chosen my friends better. Speaking of my previous comment and you, you're a good friend. My friends in college went to see the Avengers and then basically overall, they all thought it was just like, okay, to just not good. Wow. And I have no idea where they got such a conclusion yeah. because to me, it's the best movie of all of all of that them. I've watched. Okay. I enjoyed it the most of, of any of these that I've watched. It was, it was truly an incredible experience seeing it when it came out in, in 2012. I actually went to a midnight showing with a bunch of my nerd friends, which is pretty much all of my friends. And uh, it was it was crazy. I mean, because there was just all this buildup of you had Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk, which the Incredible Hulk, it's it's probably most people's least favorite on average of all the MCU movies. Uh, It's not bad. I've been recently have been going back and rewatching a lot of these because I've been editing them so that my so that Kanan can watch them. So, you know, going in, taking out swear words and any innuendo and drinking and stuff like that mm-hmm. that you know as a parent I, I can i can choose what i want to edit out for my for my seven-year-old um incredible hulk really not that bad it's just it's just not a very meaningful movie other than to introduce you to bruce banner and 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 that character uh i still love iron man iron man is, is great it's 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 up it's in the top 10 for me out of the 22 or 23 whatever wherever we're at now um but then, you know, you get into Iron Man 2, which is a, also near the bottom for a lot of people. Rewatching it again, I I feel like it gets a lot of hate that maybe people just piled on at the time and now now watching it again, I'm like it's still Tony Stark, like it's still RDJ, it's you know, he's still funny. The 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 some of the stuff they do with the suits is really cool in in that movie, but yeah, it's it's not it's not a great MCU movie. So can I talk about RDJ for just a minute? Are we about to fight? So RDJ to me is way too much like Clint Eastwood in this way. Clint Eastwood is an incredible actor, but he really bothers me because I feel like he always plays a really grumpy old man who's not happy with anything in the world because... He is a really grumpy old man who is not happy with anything in the world. And I think he does it so well in all the movies he does it in. But it kind of makes me sad that, like, that's just how he lives his life. Like, he didn't even have to try very hard to do this. Come on. I kind of feel like Robert Downey Jr., maybe not as much now, but definitely previously in his life, before he did get it together. I mean, he went through, like crazy right. drug binges and you know places where he was he was in a, not a good place which is interesting because tony stark historically in the comics also has some substance abuse really? issues but they never go there they never go there in the movies and you kind of understand why because <laughs> it's, it's real life you know it's real life for for rdj but continue to uh to destroy my 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 uh, spirit here so i love rdj sprinkled in Oh gosh! But I don't really want it throughout. Man, me and you are w- way on opposite ends of this spectrum here. 
first off, there is no MCU without Robert Downey Jr. Like the success of Iron Man, if that hadn't taken off, the MCU would never be what it is today. Uh, and I love me some Robert Downey Jr. And I love him as Tony Stark. Like to me, and maybe it's just because I'm I don't I'm not as familiar with his in, his extensive catalog. But to me, he's just Tony Stark. I don't see him being Robert Downey Jr. when I when I see the character. I just that's Tony Stark. He's a you know he's a billionaire playboy, really smart, just tinkers with his toys all the time, and is very skeptical and you know had a rough relationship with his dad until later in the movies and they just kind of rewrite all that but whatever you know anyway i love rdj and so you coming in here i feel like you're attacking me right now is basically what i'm trying to say why do you want to hurt me like that you i said i was a good friend you, you sent me a note with a couple of spoilers for toy story 4 so did i yes Has you not seen it yet no i had not seen it yet well you know friends make mistakes okay i know i understand but had you seen the trailer before? Uh, I've sat in theaters when the trailer has played. But my my strategy is different than yours. But it seems to be proving very effective for me is that I just basically just like don't pay attention to the trailer. And I find that, like you mentioned that Toy Story 4 spoilers ahead, that the plush rush is in the trailers. I don't remember that at all it's in there I'm, I'm sure it is i'm sure it is and but like when i saw it in the movie i knew it was coming to some extent because you would just mention the words that's all i really knew it was it wasn't terrible the reason i put it in there is because i know that you've seen the trailer and so i just assume that you know you you already knew these so things. i haven't really seen the trailer i it it apparently is effective for me and i don't know why well and having seen the seen a movie with you today and watched you you're just on your phone when the when the trailers are, are playing that's so what i did I, today yeah i get it i get it now like that you're not really you're oblivious to what's actually happening during the trailers for me i have this weird thing where i hear something and then i remember it and i can't turn it off and so you got to see the the, the trailer trailer defense mechanism employed by old, old levi today was it as crazy as i described it in the past i mean i was doing a little bit myself so. i noticed that yeah it seemed like you were getting on board but too let alone uh look behind the curtain because actually we need to just pull the curtain wide open uh to say that i mean i was finishing infinity war with my airpods during the first part of the previews but you had finished it and then you put them back in when the star wars trailer started yes yeah, so, so it seemed like you were trying to avoid it so that is not one that i just want to just try to ignore like i don't want to know a thing about that but you've seen the trailer though haven't no. you? no oh, okay i assume that you had seen it no i haven't even sat in a theater for it gotcha yeah that's that's the first time um it is it is played in a theater that i was in okay so it's it's played in so many movies i've gone to recently i've really had to work hard to avoid it it's, it's been difficult yeah i've been showing up to i've been going to a number of movies individually um and i've been showing up to um 10 to 15 minutes late like that's that's one strategy i have actually is that i try to just show up when the movie's gonna start yeah well and with reserve seating it's easier to do that now back to <laughs> in, in part like you can't you gotta buy your ticket before you get there if you do that yeah that's what's difficult about movie pass is that 
like I can't really use MoviePass to go see a movie, like a big movie opening night or opening week. It's almost impossible unless I'm going at a really random time. And that's kind of, I don't like that. It's kind of frustrating. Three hours ahead of time is how, how much time you can buy your ticket. Oh, really? Okay. See, I didn't really know. But it's not, you know, we live so far away from the movie theater. Although if you're going to work, you work where there's a there's a, a number of options to go see a movie. Yeah, I, I've, I've gone and bought tickets at lunch a few times um, for like a, a like a 4.30 show. I'll just kind of take like a one to two late lunch. Gotcha. And, you know, on my way to food or from food. So it's three hours. By. Three hours. All right. Yep. Pro tip, and pro movie pass tip. I think that it gives you about 25 minutes past the showtime that it's still available for, is what I observed um, when I was in Shaft, somewhat watching Shaft. Shaft was okay. It was it was barely releasable, I'd say. Um, High <laughs> praise, wow. Uh, it, was worth, it was worth its time. I, I will say that. And I, I was talking to you about this, that it's a very interesting way to judge... It's not really a, a interesting way to judge movies because for eons we've judged movies outside of theaters as whether they're just worth their time or not. Um, especially in this age, well, I say that we actually used to do that, but now we have like so much stuff on Netflix, on Hulu, on Amazon Prime, on HBO. The beat goes on that. It's it's is it worth its time? But is it worth its time more than this other thing is worth right. the time as well? All that to be said, back when it was just like VHS tapes, and what I remember, how I remember doing this is that when I was in high school, especially a bunch of high school friends would just be over, and we would just watch a movie at somebody's house, and you just looked at what they had available, and you just picked one of those, and you just picked it based on it being worth its time you weren't spending any money you were just spending time and you had lots of time and it's weird to do that with with theatrical movies though to just say is this worth seeing for free it's just going to cost me two hours is it worth my two hours and by and large i find that almost almost anything ish is worth is worth its is worth its time i think i i get seems that way for you i get something out of almost every movie i find just in like for instance shaft i can say this right like i enjoy movies about cultures that i have no part in and that i haven't had a lot of experience in and shaft is and uh, i went and saw ma i told you that and one of the best parts of seeing ma was that there were a lot of african-americans in the audience and I love the way that African African Americans watch movies because they react a whole lot. I find that in especially in a fuller theater, yeah. um, then fuller theaters to me are the best ways to watch movies too, because I think a full theater you don't get a lot of talking because it's pretty self policed. Because people understand that if people are near them, then they're going to hear them if they keep their chatter up. Right? They kind of feel like if you're two rows away. You can't hear them, but you can hear them. But so like a half filled theater is one of the worst because people feel like, oh, I can chatter now because I'm far enough, but you're not far enough away, people. But I love I love to hear people's reactions. Like if you have reactions, I'm all I'm all about it. Yeah, it's fun. So so I, that was that was half half of the of, of the really enjoyable 
that's, part of seeing them all. That's part of why I liked going to see Avengers Endgame again today, even though it was the fifth time. Watching it with you was was fun because like you have no idea what's coming. And then the person to my right, which we'll talk about later, but they hadn't seen it either, which is almost in. I just it seemed like a lot of people in there hadn't seen it the way they were reacting and. I'm just kind of blown away by that. Like, did it take this whole re-release to... They were like, oh, okay, I'll finally go see it now. I mean... Do you want me to tell you something crazy? Sure. So my dad told me a month and a half ago, Endgame came out April 26th. Yes. Correct? So my dad told me like a month and a half ago, early May, middle of May, he was like, I've seen the Endgame getting really good reviews. I think I'm going to go see it. I was like, "Have have you seen... The other Avengers movies? He's like, no, but like, I just heard it's a really good movie. So I'll just, you know, let's take my movie pass and go see it. And I was just like, I guess, I guess that's an option, but, but no. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. That's just so, so hard because they run this, the, the, the more they come out, the more risk they run of like, you, you said this earlier about, I could see Ant-Man and the Wasp because I only had to see Ant-Man before, which is not true. I mean, the, all these movies are connected. It's some less so than others. Barely. Yeah, like Ant- Ant-Man and the Wasp, less so than some of the other ones. But even, And Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel was so separated. Well, but was it? You had Nick else. Fury, who's been in all these other but movies. But you didn't have to understand anything one else. Of the, one of the people in there, Ronan, is the main villain in Guardians of the Galaxy. So there's a lot of crossover. But you, you don't have to have... If you don't know anything about Ronan, you don't. I don't think you lose out. You don't anything. have to. It's but just bad guy, and and good. I mean, I'm just saying they're more connected than than you're I'm not making. Sa- it I'm not sound. saying they're not connected. I'm just saying I don't think they are inherently dependent on one another the way that Captain America: Civil War and Avengers: Infinity War absolutely are. Right. Like those are those are really. It, it's some of them are basically like a. TV show and some of them are spinoffs yeah. of that TV show. And you can see the spinoffs, right? I mean, if you watch Grownish and you've never watched Blackish, you can understand the storyline that they're going to take through Grownish as this one character from Blackish has gone to college and now leads her life at college. But, you know, if you just pop in on an episode of Blackish, you're not going to understand all the relationships that have been developed over the past few seasons. What are you going to tell me now that you can just go watch Better Call Saul and not watch Breaking Bad? Are cats going to fall in love with dogs now, Philip? What are you trying to say? I mean, I I am committed to my detriment to optimality in my whole life. This is just a, this is just an issue I have. But I take that into my media in that I don't really I don't really want to, I kind of just want the best experience that there possibly is at the present time moving forward because like I kind of do wish that I would have seen all these Marvel movies as they came out as you did. But I also think it's really interesting because the story is the story. And sometimes the stories come out where they come out in these pieces and then they they choose to create other pieces that are prequels, we call them, that come before the story that you've been told. Right, like Captain Marvel. Or like Star Wars. <laughs> and then you have movies, stories that come out after the original pieces of, of media. And if it can be done that way, I kind of wonder... 
what's to say that one cannot step into i'm trying to think of where the best place to step into would be like maybe in like avengers like if you just step into avengers that was probably the starting point for a lot of people right but if you step into avengers and then go back and watch iron man and two and three like i feel like there's i feel like the, the, there is a, a benefit and there are some pros to that experience that you yeah. wouldn't get if you watched the iron mans and then watched Avengers. The longer they go, though, I think there is a... I mean, people can do what they want to do, but there are things in Endgame that if you've watched all these other movies before it, there's just so many callbacks that are going to register on such a deeper level if you have that that history and that knowledge. And you probably picked up on a lot of it just having watched some of the recaps, maybe. Um, and then, of course, you know the movies I had assigned you that I felt like you had to see before you could could go into this movie. But like at the very end, when um, you know when they when she puts the original arc reactor on the on the little whatever that was. Uh, like a, I don't, what would what would you even call that? Like a little bouquet or something. I I don't even know. But did you did you remember what that was when when you saw it? I mean, say say what again? The little arc reactor she put on the like the flowers that they put out in the water at the lake at the end that was like floating away. So proof that Tony yes. Stark has a heart. Yes. Yeah. But if you had never seen Iron Man, the first one. You, you'd have no idea really what that was. But if you saw that and then went and watched Iron Man, then now you know, oh, that's that that's that thing. That's how that thing is is significant. I just, to me, it, w- it would be less acceptable to me if I had never seen it done intentionally that we release this period of time and then we release a period of time before that. And that has worked well in the in the past. It didn't with Star Wars, but it has worked well in the past. And so I feel like that's one way that things could be could be watched. Um, I, it's an option. I think we're at an interesting point though. That point now though, with with Endgame having happened, that now moving forward, I feel like there's not going to be that heavy burden to have all this back knowledge because I feel like they they finished this big overarching story and now spider-man far from home is kind of supposed to be the end cap for it because it's technically still phase three um but i just feel like the world is about to open up again with new stories and new characters we don't we have no idea they haven't announced any of the movies yet coming after spider-man far from home but i just feel like it's going to be another chance for people to jump in if they hadn't before, because it's, it's kind of like a, a soft reboot in ways where you're still going to have a lot of the same characters, but you know, <laughs> we've lost two, well, really three of the original six, if you go back to Avengers moving forward. So I, I feel like all that weight of like, well, man, I don't know if I can jump in cause I haven't seen all these other ones. I feel like it's going to just start anew here with wherever they go in phase four or if they even call it phase four. Like, I don't know if they're, what their strategy is going to look like moving forward. They've kind of come out and said, we're not going to have like this big 10 year arc like we did with the, with this original uh, uh, slate. It's going to be like smaller story arcs and maybe they'll connect more and more as you go. But there is that conversation, right? Of like for people that are outside looking in, what should they do? Right. Should they try and watch, all the stuff before they jump in or 
at this point, that's just too difficult, right? I mean, we proved that with this whole discussion of, <laughs> I gave you a narrowed down list of movies a year ago and, and you couldn't get to it. So, so back to my original question, did you feel like those four set you up well for Endgame? I, I told you you had to watch Avengers, uh, the, the two Captain America sequels, and then obviously Infinity War. Yes, in addition to the ones I'd already seen, I was shocked actually how much Guardians of the Galaxy came into play in the future because that was one that I that I saw because when it came out, I'm not sure where it came out in the in the it came out right before uh, Age of Ultron, right. So I don't know if I think 2014 to me when I watched it, like it was very standalone. Yeah, but it did not stay standalone at all. I mean, it was like a bedrock of both Infinity War and Endgame. It, it, It you say it felt standalone, but like Thanos is in that movie. And not just like one scene. He's he. It, it's actually the first movie he's really involved in. Right. So it's 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 standalone in the way that like the first Iron Man is standalone, where it's 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 kind of the the beginning of of an arc, mm-hmm. right? So it it's it's starts standalone, and it, then and then going forward is not. They also talk a lot about the Infinity Stones in that movie, and that's kind of the first one where you get. Uh, a little bit of an overview of what they are and then it's you're kind of starting to think back oh like oh okay maybe we've seen some of these already right we we saw the ether in thor the dark world we saw the the tesseract in uh captain america and in the avengers and but it was the first time where you actually got some explanation in the main movie about what they were and and so yeah it was standalone but it was also very much like helping explain this bigger story that was going on and like kind of where they would eventually get, which it's crazy to me. It's so crazy to me that they were talking about that stuff in that movie. And then Avengers age of Ultron comes out and it, you know, there's, you get the mind stone in there, but really it wasn't about the infinity stones in that movie. It was about some, you know, it, it wasn't really focused on that. And then we we still have what five more years before we get to Endgame. That's what's so crazy about all of this to me is how meticulously they plan this stuff out. And and you know they don't know everything so far in advance, but they have big picture plot points that they're kind of crafting towards. And I just feel like they pulled it off, right? Like they really pulled it off with getting to Endgame and well Infinity War last year and then Endgame this year. I just, I don't know, like, are we, I, I don't know if we're ever going to see something like that again, where we have this huge 10-year list of movies that were so well catered, and they weren't all great. There's some, some you know, duds along the way, like Thor the Dark World's not that great. Uh, Iron Man 2 gets a, gets a lot of hate, The Incredible Hulk. Uh, I personally really don't like Guardians 2, like, it wasn't it's, good. It's my least favorite out of all the movies. Um, but, I mean, for the most part, I'd say more of their movies are, like, good movies and above than there are, like, man, I, I don't know. That was kind of that was kind of a, t- a terrible movie. And I, I just don't know how they keep doing it. Like, there is some f- formulaic stuff to it. And, like, it, Marvel movies have a certain tone. 
Um, some of them go a little more extreme on the funny side than, than others like guardians and Thor really took a, a turn in that direction with Ragnarok. You hadn't seen that one yet. Though. I haven't. No, that's one I would go back and, and recommend. I, I was really thrown off by it at first just because it is so funny that when there are really heavy parts in that movie, it's just like, what is going on? Like, it, it's kind of like just awkward with the way they juggle some of that. But, but Endgame does it so wet, well where they have these really like heavy moments, but then it's also pretty funny th- throughout the movie. I mean, I, even again, having seen it so many times, I still crack up a lot watching that movie. And um, I don't, to to me, out of you mentioned Avengers being your number one, it's it's in game for me. Like it it's it just sailed to the top. But I have a different perspective going through all of these movies and then getting to end game, right? Like it it just it holds a different spot for me because I have been on that journey throughout the ten years and I just feel like they they landed it, you know, like they really landed it and Brittany cried <laughs> she cried both times <laughs> that, we, that we went and saw it and i'm just you know my wife she didn't really care about these kinds of comic book things but like for it to grab someone like her too and she's watched them all as well i just i'm like how did they do this you know like how did they pull this off and it's become such a huge thing and then other people have tried to replicate it and failed <laughs> pretty miserably the you know dc being the, the the notable uh example there i just i don't know how they continuously do it and and i'm i mean like anytime a, a marvel movie comes out I, i'm like yeah i'm gonna go see that because i'm i'm bought into this this whole cast of characters and and what they're doing i'm just impressed that they could do it so well and continue to do it so well and early reviews for for far from home or that it's great too so i just i keep being excited by it and i don't i just don't know how they do it i I don't know man yeah well they obviously they they cast very well just incredibly well well and everyone wants to be in it now too which they they certainly did with the the like that that starting six right I call them starting six I don't know why but um, and there were some some conflicts early on too right like they had Edward Norton was was Bruce Banner and the Incredible Hulk and then he wanted more money I think was what happened there and so they just were like no no you're you're done we're gonna get Mark Ruffalo that, in that, here. Was, that was early enough right. Well, yeah, early on they were paying a lot less because it wasn't a proven thing then right. Robert Downey Jr. was very smart because he he kind of worked out his deal to where he would get money on the back end depending on how well uh, the movies did. And I think I I was reading an article a few weeks back where people were guessing, but like basically he probably made seventy five million dollars off of Endgame. That's it's insane. That's crazy. It's, it's crazy, but like they 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 get these actors, they sign them to long term deals because there's these movies are so connected. There's opportunities to bring them in, in, in other properties where, where it makes sense. And, uh, and they've been able to keep them for the most part, uh, like the, the, the main core, they've been able to keep them for a long time. And now some of these have come to an end, but where is the origin story for, I don't even know that I know 
her name. The Russian, I mean, Scarlett Johansson character. Oh, yeah, uh, Black Widow. Black Widow. That's what I thought it was, but then they never actually ever say that, I don't think. Right, um, yeah. Um, where, is her, where is her origin story? So there's really not one. I mean, that's, that's what one of the rumored next movies is going to be a Black Widow origin story. Um, obviously, she's not going to be <laughs> in any future uh, movies based on her fate in Endgame. But that is one of the rumors is that one of the, the next slate, which they'll I think they're going to announce it at Comic-Con um, because Far From Home comes out this week. Uh, it's case in freaking point, Levi. Yeah. 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 So they are get to bring her back, I guess, for one last movie. And, it, and it's the rumor is that it's it's her origin story. You get taste of it in Avengers. Um, really, that's where you get most of that. Uh, like what she used to do. She she was a spy, like a Russian spy or whatever. And um, I think you even get a t- some of that too in Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. working with, um, with, with Captain America. Yes. Uh, but yeah, there's never... So it's never a full explanation. It's so interesting the way that I watched it because all of this stuff that they alluded back to, I just assumed it was in stuff that I didn't see. And they do a lot of alluding with Black Widow to her origin. So I just figured, but it could not for the life of me figure out where it would be, like where her origin story was. So I, I just, I assumed it was somewhere, but I mean, obviously maybe it's still, still to be told. I would really like an origin story of, of the, the Falcon because to me, it was just like all of a sudden he has wings and does his thing, right? Yeah. Like that is not a sensible thing for the army to do is like build wings for a guy. <laughs> well, so. he talks about being a paratrooper in, in Winter Soldier. Early on, they, they talk about some of that. and Yeah, because he – well, because it's a great line and that he, tell, he tells uh, Captain America – that he flew. Yeah, but he's, you know? he's like, I didn't say I was a pilot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say I was a pilot. You know, he comes out with his wings. Yeah. Well, and there's, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, Falcon moving yeah. forward. He's got, Disney Plus is throws a whole new wrench into this this universe too because... Well, it also doesn't, it just, it changes this equation of getting into the universe too, I think. Because when they are going to be that easily accessible and for as inexpensive as Disney Plus is going to be, mm-hmm. and you're going to have every single one of them, and when a new one comes out... Eventually. You, you're, going to, you're going to get it. But you've got them all the way back to the beginning. So I really think having them all that accessible could, could help, help, could lead people to do, as I, as I continue to say, you know, they saw some of these in theaters and it would lead them to go back to the beginning of some of these timelines and and get to watch those sort of prequels. It's funny going back and watching the like the first five before the the Avengers. And I think the Avengers was the same way too. But you know, some of them were Paramount. Most of them were Paramount distributed. And then like I think the Incredible Hulk was Universal. So watching these movies and having they have different openers and Kanan's like, what's going on? Because he knows in his head he he thinks of the whole like comics flipping logo with. And uh, you didn't really get that at first. And, you know, it's kind of like going back and watching the first six Star Wars movies now uh, and hearing that 20th Century Fox opener and then watching seven and eight and not getting it. It's, it's very it's jarring. Yeah. Oh, it's weird. Do you, I, 
another little side note here. Do you think they'll bring it back? I mean, now that, that, that Disney owns Fox, like, is there any reason not to just as like a, a nod to, to fans? Just depends on how JJ feels, man. Yeah. <laughs> Which is basically like all of Star Wars. Just depends on how JJ feels. Which it, it's, it's it's interesting. I wonder how because it seems like some things like the DC comics to me, I don't know that much about them. I know that like Zack Snyder has done his worst, right? From what I from what I hear. But then I also think that some of them seem to be like movie by committee and they've really burned themselves that way is that they don't just like commit to something and like go for it, which to, to me, the, the Avenger, the MCU by and large movies, they do it, at least to their individual movie. They really try to commit to like the whole part of the movie. And even, even like, even in the Avengers there, they don't, I don't think they give them like a lot of ways to go toward the end to be like, Hey, whichever character becomes the most popular, we're going to come out with an individual movie for them. They, they kind of telegraph it. And especially, especially with their post credit scenes, because their post credit scenes are checks that they have to cash. Yeah. You can't just like, here's the black Panther. And then no, we're not going to come out with a black Panther movie after all, you know? So to me, like they've, they've decided where they're going. And I just, I just wonder how, I wonder how many people have a, have a part in the story because to a certain extent, I think the continuity of it has to be that there are not that many people involved, at least in like the high points for sure. But at the same time, it just seems like a whole lot for one person to, to be the, be the architect of well, Kevin Feige is that architect, right? Yes, he he's over the MCU, um, and and Joss Whedon was part of that early on too because he did Avengers and then he did Age of Ultron. But one reason I was kind of wavering on if you should watch Winter Soldier or not, um, mostly I just wanted you to watch it because it's like one of my favorite movies out of the MCU. I just think it's really good. Winter Soldier is <laughs> awesome. Like the the whole that it just was a shift and plus there was things that happened in that movie that are just ripple effects throughout the whole MCU as far as Hydra being infiltrated and shield and all that stuff. Absolutely. Um, but it was also the first movie for the Russo brothers and they kind of took over the, the crafting of these stories. I feel like because they were the directors for those two, um, Captain America sequels, and then obviously Infinity War and, and Endgame. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like it was important to watch that movie and, and those that I listed because ultimately they're kind of cra- they're kind of carrying the main story, right? Um, well, so I mean, it's funny that you say that the Winter Soldier. You wanted me to watch it because it's such a good movie, even though like there are the the things in Winter Soldier are to me things that they like double down on and early that we're not going to come to fruition until pretty later on, which is like the, the fact that uh, Captain America, what's Captain America's name? Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers. Thank you. That Steve Rogers and Bucky, like the reason why this is going to cause this rift 
later on. Right. Right. Like why, why does Captain America even have this connection to him? And so I think understanding that and then any of the, any of the, the agent Carter, you know, Peggy Carter stuff, um, you, you only to me get from I mean, obviously there's some of the, in the first Avenger, but I, I think you get enough of it just from the winter soldier. I think I got enough of it. Yeah. I was worried about that because I mean, they literally end the movie with Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter, but I didn't have you watch the first Avenger, which is the only movie she's really in prominently because it just, you know, you only had so much time, right? And I had to get you through, but like, that's why I I felt like you had to watch recaps because you had to know who Peggy Carter was. Yes, you get to see her as an old woman in the Winter Soldier and then she, you know, she passes away in, in Civil War and you can see you can see how important she is to Steve, but like if you don't watch the recap and understand who she was and who they were together in the first Avenger, even though they weren't like together together, um, I, you had to know who she was because they literally end in game with them getting together. And I just felt like he's got to know who she is because it, it's not going to make any sense when they get to the, to the end of the movie. And you know, like to me, I love that they were able to do that because that was one of the things with Captain America that I always felt bad for him because it's like, and they they really hit this in all of his movies about like, he basically has no life, right? Like he lost the prime of his life and all the people he knew are dead (laughs) or like really old when when he wakes up and he's just a soldier. Like that's just what he becomes because it's hard for him to adjust to the world and for them to be able to, I kind of felt like he was probably going to die. Like if I was betting on who was going to die out of these main characters, I would have thought he would have died and, and Iron Man would have continued on, but you kind of felt like both of them weren't going to move forward even if they didn't die. And so for them to their their time time travel rules are kind of fuzzy at points a little bit they lay them out and they they stick to them at least they like really follow through with them although the stuff with him at the end kind of makes it like what's really going on here um uh, maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit but i was glad that they were able to finally give him some kind of life and just on a personal note you know, I, I I have a thing for brunettes, and like to me, there's nothing hotter than Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter ended up together at the end of of this whole uh, ten ten year story here. I, I I just I liked it. I the the it appealed to believe it or not. I kind of have like a little soft romantic side to me, and then I'm glad that they got to finally have their life together, which must create some kind of split timeline because I don't know how else it would make any sense but we'll just we'll kind of fuzzy over that and sometimes and I don't know how you are about this I think I know how you are about this because of conversations we've had before but sometimes if a moment can land emotionally for me I'm willing to like kind of just let them hand wave things away you know, like I, that's how I felt about the last season of Lost, like very divisive season of television. But in that finale, they landed so many of these emotional moments with these characters. that it was like, OK, yeah, it's probably not what I wanted 
the main story to be about like on the island but whatever like this is they're giving me emotional moments with these characters so i'm good like i'm leaving this with a positive feeling and not a negative one because i'm not i'm gonna let some of those details not stick with me because i felt good about what happened to these characters and i had a lot of those (laughs) moments in endgame where it's just like yes this is awesome so that to me cranked to 11 was season three of the leftovers speaking of thanos because they they just started just doing stuff and just had people just go in places and into universes and different times and have different powers basically in that last season of the leftovers and I don't know that it made an enormous amount of sense necessarily, mm. but I enjoyed the heck out of it. I, to me, it was, that was almost the leftovers thing though, is that like, this doesn't make sense. Like the very premise doesn't make any sense. So like, what do you expect us to do? Yeah. Um, don't, don't come here if you want a sensible, sh- a sensible, sensible, you know, laid out show. That, that has rules that are in place for all, you know, number of seasons. A, we're not going to take six seasons of your time, right, to, to explain to you why this happens this way and then it changed and now it happens this way. We're just going to have it happen that way and then two episodes later, now it's happening another way. You're either going to go with it or not. Yeah. What do you want from us, you know? <laughs> and and to me, they, they very much they just went no holds barred with that with – season two because season two was nothing like season one it turned it it, it it eventually tied pretty pretty tightly back in but that first half of season two was a completely different show than season one and so to me they they, they didn't give you something to just expect that it's always gonna be this way it could be it could be anyway and just come here and enjoy it the other thing about go, getting back to the MCU again, I love how we keep going off on these tangents, but um, they just, they kept surprising me throughout Endgame. Like the, the first 10 minutes, they, they get going, right? And you're you're like, oh, okay, wow, they're really, they're, they're getting to Thanos pretty quick here. Okay, like, all right. They've got to move. It's three hours long, right? But then when they kill him and then... It doesn't feel like a victory because it's not, right? He's destroyed the stones, so they what are they going to do? There's nothing they can do. But when it cuts to black and then you see the the number or the the word 5 pop up, it's like, "Oh gosh, like they're really they're really going to make us sit with this. Like this isn't going to be some instant fix and this what's happened is impacting everything." And they're they're not gonna just be able to go back and and fix it, like they they're not gonna be able to erase what happened. I liked that because it made everything that happened before there there were real consequences to it. Like you really did lose these people for five years. Ultimately, you know that they're gonna find a way to bring them back because Black Panther made a billion dollars. Spider Man is probably the most popular character out of the remaining ones moving forward. You know that they're going to find a way to make them all come back, but they don't, they don't take the cheap way out, right? Like they make everything matter. 
and and you you sit with it that first hour and a half of the movie, right? The first forty minutes, there's some really slow moments in there, and and I don't say that in like a negative way. Like they really sit with this is what happened, this is how it's affected all of the people that are left, and you know they lost. Like they really did lose, um, and I love those moments with. They did lose. They did lose for five years. They lost. I enjoy those moments between Tony and Steve where like they have this huge rift, right? And it, it all goes back to civil war, but it started in, in age of Ultron. I mean, you saw some of it in Avengers, the first Avengers, like they're very different on different sides of the argument a lot of the time. And this rift between them, like they don't trust each other anymore, but but there one of them gets away and like actually he didn't lose everything right like tony he lost peter which is a big loss but then he still had pepper he was able to have a daughter It, it was interesting that they could show like okay for some people it's horrible right but some people are finding ways to move forward and that complicates things too, because if you're thinking going into this, oh, they're just going to go back in time and fix it. Well, of course, Tony wouldn't want to do that because he he has a, a, a kind of a new lease on life now. What were you shaking your head about earlier? I'm trying to remember. They did lose. Like they they really oh, did lose. Did they? Infi- I don't know. Infinity War is a bummer movie because they don't win. Like, well, so this reminds me of something that. I thought of many times, but not that many because it wasn't that much time that I spent. Um, you had about ten minutes I didn't have between. Any, I didn't have any stewing between between movies very much. Um, I watched all four of these movies, starting Friday night through Sunday at five twenty during the fourth preview before Endgame, and I think that part of my experience was better and part of my experience was worse in knowing that this goes to a good place like this, this ends up in a positive quality media presentation in that I, I felt like I felt it was worth it to invest the, the time here because it's, it's kind of kind of like I, to me, like if you sold loss to somebody as something that ends up in a really satisfying place, they're not going to like you very much, probably, because they would invest in it in a certain way to eventually get to what I found was an okay way to end it. I, I don't have as much complaints as, as some people, but I wouldn't say that it's a super satisfying end to your six seasons, 24 episodes, 42 minutes in episodes of your time. It could have been it could have been better. It could have been worse, but it could have been better. But knowing that like in game was good and I trusted that. It was yeah, it was getting I knew a that, lot like, of praise. I knew that all of this was was formulating up to a great culmination. And so it, it was it was worth seeing that formulation up to and then experience the culmination. But at the same time, like when you're watching Infinity War well, so hey, so I knew that that there were heroes that were lost 
um, to to Thanos's shenanigans, right? Yes. Which I I guess uh, is understandably I think something that doesn't necessarily occur to you when Thanos says you know half half of people are gone. It's like well okay half of people are gone. That's going to be weird. Right, but you just don't think about the fact that like all these superheroes are people. Yeah, half so of them are going to be darn gone. near half of them are going to be gone. Right, um, very particular ones get to get to stay behind. But so so it is the original six. Yeah, so it Gotta is. Have them. Um, so you know, I, I didn't have I didn't have several of the moments that people had during this during this uh, this whole series of, of movies because well, first off you didn't watch the whole series of movies so, so. i didn't watch the whole series of movies <laughs> but like i i knew that loki didn't actually die this first time um well but he he did oh w- what do you mean by that like, when it, when when he was uh when oh, who was it he fakes his death in uh, in uh, Thor, the Dark World. Dark World, yeah. Right. So I just got that in a recap, but I had heard that at some point. But he does really die in Infinity War. Yes, he really does die in Infinity War. And like he didn't come back. No, I mean, he's gone. No. Um, but I mean, I didn't get like like the end of Infinity War was not for me what it was for you in any way. Well, yeah, I mean, you finished it 10 minutes before Endgame started. <laughs> yeah, you didn't sit with it for a year. It'll, no, like, not like at all. Well, I knew did. that like that was the end of that movie because I knew it was like the the premises for like Endgame. Basically, yeah. it was like this happened. Like what the heck happens next and how does this come to any Good fruition. But you shook your head when I said they lost. They did lose. So they lost. So to me, to me, it felt felt to me a lot less like any one movie was the thing. To me, it was like the whole entire universe. And the fact that people liked Endgame to me meant that like all of those heroes don't just stay away, right? Yeah. And like you say, like they got to well, keep making know, movies right? about it. Yeah. So like they're coming back. So, but then we did lose. We lost three big people. Yeah, but they had their time. <laughs> that's true. That, that's a fair so, point. So, you know, it is what it will be. And you don't like RDJ, so, you know, losing Iron Man is not a big deal to you. Yeah, I mean, as long as, as long as they keep Chris Pratt around, oh, then, you know, he he will bring bring the humor. And Drax. <sighs> love Drax. Dude, I love Drax. They have to call this next one Asgardians of the of the Galaxy. Like they have <laughs> to do it. Oh my gosh. I I'm so pumped because, you know, Thor really has gotten a new lease on life. We we lose three of the original six, right? Black Widow, Iron Man, and Captain America. But do we really lose Black Widow? Well, we'll get a movie about her origin story, but yeah. She's not going to be in any movies moving forward. Like she's, but that is a movie dead. moving forward. You know what I mean? We live in a timeline. Come on, man. Um, but where, where are we going? Oh, so Thor, he had two really like the first Thor is okay. You know, if you if you like Thor and Loki, you you like that movie more than probably most people. Um, but it's it's just okay. Thor: The Dark World, it's not very good. It's just not. But then Thor Ragnarok was very funny and very different. Uh, they, they bring in the Hulk as well. Uh, 
but you know, like if if you're not into this really goofy style of who Thor kind of he, he really stretches that comedic bone in in Ragnarok, and then it continues into Infinity War and, and Endgame to where now he's in this really great spot of out of all of them, I I don't think I would have thought like Thor would come out of this like really re-energized and and pumped up to move forward into future movies and. He could easily have his own movie still, but it seems like seems to me like he's going to be part of Guardians Three, right? I mean, the way the end games in end, ends with them leaving, which that is the funniest part to me in the whole movie. I laugh so hard every time when they're on the ship, <laughs> him and and Quill together, and and having this Qu- whole Quail, Quail, yeah. Oh, when he when he says, of course, three times in a row, and each time is is with a different tone. Man, that to me, that's the funniest part of the whole movie. Well, and to me, that is that is a the epitome of the the fact that to me, like Iron Man started at the top and pretty much just like stayed there, like for for if he wasn't the entire movie, the rest of, the rest of the time. You're a monster for me, for me. You're a monster. Captain America to me started really well and kept on going really well. To me, not having seen the movies, but even the parts of the parts that Thor plays in the earlier movies that I did watch to me, he developed into a much better character than he started out for sure as. And so I, I, I think like those three lines of identical words to me is just the epitome of the fact that like here, here is a a cornerstone. Like we've lost, we've lost cornerstones, Mm -hmm. right? Three of them for the MCU universe timeline going forward. And Thor, Thor is worth, even though we've already invested, even though it appears like we've already invested in him, really, if you look at it, like we're already at, say, Iron Man 3 for Thor. Well, at Iron Man 3, Iron Man was <laughs> not not done by a long shot. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like Thor could Thor could be sort of that way. Yeah, he could be the new Tony and, and, and sprinkled into other movies like Captain America's movie. And uh, he was in Homecoming with, with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um I love Thor in this movie. I mean, he can come off as one note, but he's it's so much more than that. Like, he's really, out of all of them, I mean, they're all kind of screwed up afterwards, except for, for Tony. I mean, he he's happy, but obviously he's also been trying to fix this problem for five years, too. You know, he, he acts like he wants nothing to do with it, but, you know, he, he obviously had been working on it for a long time, too. But Thor could come off as... They called him Bro Thor. That's what the his uh, nickname was. Uh, filming, uh, a lot of people were calling him Fat Thor after you know it came out. But that might be a little, a little, a uh, little too too much. Uh, to me, his his story and and the fact that they do go back to the Dark World, which is the one of the worst movies bar none. But like they really go back to that story and him having his moment with his mom. Like he's. This guy has like lost everything over these last few movies that he's in. I mean, they lose their home. Uh, he lost his mother. He's not with Jane anymore. He loses Loki. He loses his dad. I mean, he he's gone through all this pain, and and he feels responsible for for not killing Thanos and and you know basically failing half the universe. <laughs> uh, it can come off as just he's he's the comedic relief but to me like he's he had 
a lot, like you said, a lot of c- character development in this movie. And now he's got this new lease on life uh, where he's kind of stripped his ties of being king of Asgard. And I can't wait to see what they do with him. Uh, again, I think he has to be in Guardians 3. Like, that has to happen, right? How can they not? He's got to be in there. I sure hope so. Uh, another character that we lost that there were serious ramifications for was, is uh, is um, Gamora, too. Like, she really did die in Infinity War, and that version of Gamora that uh, Quill and the other Guardians know, that's not the version we have anymore and at the end of this movie it's so weird to me like she's obviously missing at the end of this movie but they don't give any any hint of an explanation to what happened to her did she get dusted when iron man snapped his finger surely not because you gotta assume that gamora is going to be back in, in guardians 3 but that was one of the kind of little dangling threads that they held up uh, at the end of the movie is and and I assume that's where Guardians Three will go is is trying to find Gamora, but that's a whole interesting thing, right? Like Quill loves her, but she has no memory of him because she's really the Gamora from 2014 that before she even knew him and um, before any of their stuff in the first Guardians movie. Um, I'm excited. I'm really excited for Far From Home because there's going to be out of anyone that's left. Obviously, Tony's death would impact Peter the most, you know, because they kind of had this this father son relationship, and like I'm excited to see what what that means for Peter going forward into Far From Home and even beyond that, because I think he's really going to be the the star moving forward. I mean, if 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 Tony Stark was the main man in the first, you know, ten years of of the MCU. And I look at who's left and who's going to maybe carry the franchise forward into these new phases. Um, and, you know, like bringing the X-Men is going to be part of this, too, as we get deeper into the, the next few years and they start to bring those characters in. Well, Spider-Man has a lot of crossover with those characters, too. So I, I think to me, Peter is going to be, you know, the new Tony moving forward and and then i think you know captain marvel is gonna be right there too in terms of who are characters black panther as well i mean who are who's gonna be the next six right the next big six that really carry the the stories forward into the next five to ten years of the mcu and i i'm excited because i love spider-man and uh, homecoming was so good i mean before we got to infinity war and endgame homecoming was my was at the top of my list. Um, and it, as a standalone movie, it still is to me, but I mean, what infinity war and Endgame did for the whole series, they just kind of go above and beyond to me. But, um, I love what they're doing with this Peter Parker. I love Tom Holland. I think, uh, the most brutal moments in Endgame to me are when, um, you know, when he's there, when Tony's dying, like that really gets to me. I kind of see a lot of Kanan in, in Peter Parker. And so I, I have some of those connections. Uh, and then at the end, when they're going through like all the characters that are at Tony's uh, memorial and they, they pass Peter and like, he's just trying so hard to keep it together. It gets me every single time. I was just like, Oh, there's Peter. I feel so bad for him. And I, I, I it's gotta have lingering effects going into this next movie which 
I think I said this earlier, but Spider-Man Far From Home is capping off. It's the end cap of Phase 3, technically kind of like how Ant-Man was the end cap of Phase 2, which was kind of strange. But um, I'm I'm really excited to see this movie, and it it comes out this week. So (sighs) I love me some Spider-Man movies. Um, I don't know when we're going to close, but one of the things I wanted to get to was uh, like what were your top moments in throughout the MCU? But then also I feel like probably a lot of them, well, maybe not for you as much, but there had to be some top moments in Endgame. There were so many big uh, like comic moments that happened in Endgame that people have been waiting for for, for so long. Um, but you being less connected to the story and having not seen everything i I just kind of wanted to get like your input like what stood out to you in endgame and then maybe even you know civil war and some of the other movies i had you watch this weekend try like i can't put my finger on very many moments in endgame at this point just just having to be fair i've seen it five times so (laughs) i mean there were there were definitely like that moment with thor and and uh, Quill, Quill, like Peter Quill. Yes, um, there's too many Peters, a little bit, and too many Chris's in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you. Chris Evans is gone, so that'll help. We'll have one less Chris. Good. Chris Pratt, Chris uh, Hemsworth. I feel like there were more Chris's than that, but maybe it's just those three. <laughs> there's there's a there's a Chris in like the producer director story. Eh, nobody cares about them. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me tell you my my moments. Maybe yes, this will tell me. Jog your I, I, memory a little bit. I'm sure it will. Uh, to me, the the most epic moment in Endgame is when Captain America gets the hammer. I mean, come on! Like you didn't see Age of Ultron, so you didn't see how they teased this going going throughout but there's this whole like party scene in age of ultron where they're all trying to pick it up and um nobody can pick it up and uh (laughs) captain america gets up there and he tries and it just it seems like it barely moves and thor gets really like concerned um so that's why that moment's so funny when he's like i knew it you know and whenever uh captain america is able to summon it and it's just if you're if you're a comic nerd, this is this is one of those going from panel to screen, kind of like moments that we have in The Walking Dead. For people that are familiar with both of those properties, it's just one of those moments where you're like, "Are we ever going to see this happen in a movie?" And then it happens, and you're just thinking, "Wow, this is this is insane." So when that happened, you should be honest. Why are you raining on my parade, Philip? All right, because I. I'm just bringing what I have to to the table. I just didn't understand, like, why can Captain America... Because he's worthy. ...wield the hammer now? What made him not worthy well, you before? Haven't seen, well, the, the going theory on that is that uh, before he knew... He knew that Winter Soldier was involved in the death of Tony's parents and didn't tell Tony like was actively trying to protect Bucky and now that that was out and it wasn't a secret anymore this is just the the running uh, the running fan theory that um, seems weak I don't know seems seems legit to me I 
It doesn't seem okay. Like it to me. Well, here's here's a side question. Since so we're here. I, I had mixed feelings about it. It's just like, oh, that's cool that he wields the hammer, but like, why couldn't he wield the hammer before? I, I just told you why I feel. Like I just don't understand <laughs> why. Like, what was it that happened there? It's like, oh, one thing comes out, and now he's you know going uh, from one barely. thing. One thing. I mean, it was like the the thing that caused this huge rift between him and Tony. I guess it was just one thing. Yeah. Yes, but. What? How that then makes him no more how, lies, man. How much? Like how many times stronger? You can barely pick it up, and now you can it's not wield about, it. It's not about how strong you are. It's about whether you're worthy to wield right, but the that power. Makes, that makes him that much worthier. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, get your secrets out. Everything will come to light, Philip. You might as well reveal them yourself. Well, you know, when it comes out of permafrost. <laughs> Yucks. Um, before I go into more moments, I feel like I have to ask this question. And I feel like I know where you're going to stand and I'm not going to like it. But based on the way the conversation has gone so far, uh, Civil War, it's also, it's in my top five. I love, I love Civil War. Um, But as you found out, I love Tony Stark. And as I found out, you don't. So um, I don't know if Civil War ranks very high on your list, but what side were you on in Civil War? Were you team Tony or or team uh, Cap? So I... I am not anti-Tony Stark. Whatever, you freaking hate him. <laughs> I'm not anti-Tony Stark. I just appreciate moments of Tony Stark more than just a whole entire smattering of Tony Stark. I enjoy him more in moments than as the, the capstone of uh, of any you know story. I, I want the full Tony. All times. <laughs> you know, that's a choice, you know? Everybody's going to make their own choices. Uh, so, I, it seemed to me, I got mass buzz I was on Captain America's side, more so, because, I, because, I, well, it's, it's because of what Black Panther said. I was really on Black Panther's side, if you want to know the truth, all right? Well, he just wanted to kill Bucky. No, because no, 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 he didn't. He did, but then he didn't well, because he understood yeah. because he said it wasn't even him doing it. So, I mean, if you want to be angry at an entity that had no control over that entity's actions, then that's just a fool's errand. So that's what that's how I felt about. Like I understood the feelings that Tony Stark had, but at the end of the day, it seemed foolish because. Basically, the the perpetrator was, uh, like Red Skull or Hydra, or I mean, it was that yeah, whole entity. Right. So, like, yes, be against them. Well, sort of. I mean, Zemo wasn't really connected to Hydra. He just wanted he to was, get back at the Avengers. Um, he was just using all this yeah knowledge he gained about Hydra and their inner workings to pit them against each other. All right, but 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 the the Winter Soldier. Yeah, killing Tony Stark's parents is only as a result of Hydra, as um, Karpov, right. as you know that whole that whole group. So, like, be against them. You're already against them. Cap's against them. Everybody's against them. So, I don't I don't understand why that wasn't more of a, a unifying thing. Ultimately, well, maybe, maybe ultimately it was. I don't. Know. But I didn't understand why. I don't know. It just seems to me, obviously, Tony Stark is temperamental, can we say? Uh, well, the big rift between them was about, like, 
personal liberties versus the greater good. I mean, that was the big risk yes, between I, them at first. Except it to me it was it was it was about so much more than that, right? And then it became in part about this one singular thing, which is like you're on the winter soldier side. I can't be on the winter soldier side because the winter soldier Kill my, kill my parents. Well, at the very end, yeah, once he finds out that... Right. Well, how would you feel, Philip, if the Winter Soldier killed your parents and someone knew about it and didn't tell you? I would be mad at Hydra. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just be totally honest with you. Oh, come on. I just... Remember if, when we talked earlier about... And you, you said... You made this statement about, I think of things that apparently no one else thinks yes. about. And... Just put that, put this down under under that. I guess so, man. But to me, it just—it's a fool's errand to say, you know, you were the human part that was controlled to do the action. So I'm going to blame you, human, who wasn't actually controlling your actions. Doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense to me. In the heat of the moment, you're not thinking about that. You're just thinking this guy killed my parents, and and you're protecting him. What kind of monster are you, Cap? I just want them to get along, but I was totally team Tony. I'm sure that comes as no no surprise. No surprise. I did so to to talk the whole eh, the whole universe a little bit, okay. but mostly mostly original six. I really did. I really did enjoy. Uh, before I get there, naming. I forgot. I forgot about naming. Name the naming is so brilliant, and I was. I this is one thing that I was not spoiled on that. I was really glad that I was not spoiled on because this tiny little thing brought me so much joy is the naming of the Captain America movies. Because the first one, the colon makes total sense. It's Captain America, the first Avenger, because Captain America is the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. And so then, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. So you're like, oh, what's a Winter Soldier? Captain America is the Winter Soldier? Ba-boom. No, he's not. And so then you're like, Captain America, Civil War? What what kind of civil war is this? And it's like civil war amongst the Avengers. Yeah. So I loved the I loved how they started off with a very sensible name <laughs> and then just like led you astray in a totally wonderful way in the next two. Well, you're led astray because you're not familiar with the comics, but But yeah. Yeah. And but the comics are the comics. Are the comics? I mean, the comics aren't t- called these, of course, but... Well, the Winter Soldier is, you know... People who know the comics know who the Winter Soldier is and that it's Bucky and that, that that's going to be a whole thing. That's a different way to experience it all. Yeah, I, yeah. There's so many different ways to experience this, and I I, I appreciate that. And Civil part. War is a whole comic series, um, and, but it's very different than how they end up doing it in the movie. But you still get that whole... Um, you know, Captain America on one side and I don't remember if Iron Man was on the opposite opposite side, but um it it's a popular storyline in the comics and, and they didn't go they they did a lot of things differently in the movie, but it made more sense with where the movies were at between Tony and and uh and Cap. The end of that movie when he tells him, you know, to leave the shield, I love that part. Like that's another movie where like the bad guy basically wins. I mean, his goal was to break them up and he did it. And, and then half of them are on the run. They're like, there's all these consequences that branch out from that and then feed into infinity war. And then all the way to the beginning of Endgame game when they have their little, 
you know, moment at the beginning of that movie. And that's pretty intense too. Yeah. And I, I didn't attach that. That's, that's the thing that I didn't really attach to was like the consequences because they were so short lived for you in my, in my experience. Yeah. But it's interesting because it, it, it shown a little bit of light on the fact that experiencing a movie, the way that most people experience movies is more than just watching the movie and it's more than just the time you spend watching the movie and, and what you see in the movie and i mean it, it definitely draws some parallels and and contrasts to the way that tv shows used to be and the way that tv shows are now in the streaming era especially with those that just all come out at once stranger things coming thursday mm-hmm. and those that you know like hbo series though come one at a time still but you know a, good bit of stuff comes all at once. And so you don't get this, you know, whole week of speculation and, you know, reaction and bewilderment and the whole, the whole bit. And so when you just watch it one, one to the next, to the next, to the next, it's not like there's any actual footage that you miss. I mean, in in part, like I I did in some ways in the way that, in the way that I did it. But I, I think even if you just watched it all, then you still just don't have nearly the same experience as someone who watches them and has large just life to live and conversations to have with people and thoughts to have about it in between the the movies. Yeah, yeah. That's a good that's a good uh comparison, right? Of <laughs> especially the whole um binge model now that and I'm sure a lot of people did binge through these movies getting ready. You know, I'm sure they probably heard some of their friends talking about getting ready for Infinity War and then Endgame. And, you know, they've been hyping these movies for years, you know. It's like they knew what... And they shot both of these movies back-to-back. That's that's what's really interesting to me is that they actually finished Endgame before they finished Captain Marvel. And so it's interesting knowing that and looking at some of the things they did because they didn't know, like, how popular Captain Marvel was going to be. I think they had a good sense of, of that she would be well-liked, but... Um, they didn't know that it was going to be as successful as it was. And, and so they kind of had to hedge their bets a little bit on how they used her in Endgame. And again, they shot, they finished Endgame before they finished Captain Marvel, but then Captain Marvel came out before. It's That whole thing kind of blows my mind, how they had the game they have to play of trying to figure out um, just how, like, how are certain characters going to be received and um, how much emphasis should we give them and, uh, and I think they did a good job in this movie. It's so packed and it's so heavy on that original six, but they do a good job of giving even the ones that come back late in the last 30 minutes, like giving them little moments to have too along the way. And there's, I mean, this universe is so big now. There's so many characters, but the way they're able to balance that really, to me, is pretty impressive. Yeah. So it's interesting to know that because it seemed a little, it seemed a little off to me how Captain Marvel was like kind of a big figure at the beginning of Endgame. And then she just disappeared. She's just away from everyone. You don't see anything from her until obviously she comes in at that pivotal moment. And I mean, she almost, you experienced her a little bit like you experienced the people who had disappeared and that they just like came in at the end and now they get to play their part at the end. I, I kind of would have like to see the see captain marvel have been involved the whole time and just see 
how she could incorporate or couldn't incorporate into the group and like how she could understand or not understand the the facets of the of the group that have a lot of historical ramifications and aren't always to me the most sensible <laughs> outcomes but it's it's the relational outcome nonetheless yeah, I think they were consistent with how they set her up at the end of Captain Marvel, though, right? Of, that she goes off and she's trying to help. Uh, I can't remember what that race of aliens is called, but yeah, um, you know, she was gone for a long, long time, right? And um, and 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 they give her lines throughout to kind of explain, you know, she's out helping all these people that she has helped in the past, and. You know, some of that is kind of hand wavy, right? Of like, well, we're not really sure <laughs> how to use her yet because uh, her movie hasn't come out and you know, all that stuff. But you know, it, it is what it is. I, I I saw Captain Marvel three times, and the first time I saw it, I didn't, it, I didn't not like it, but it just, it, it wasn't, I, it didn't catch me. And then, but I kept going back and seeing it for some reason. <laughs> And uh, I liked it better each time I I saw it. Um, I think she's just she's different. Like the character is just different, and she's so. Part of it is is that she doesn't really remember who she is, and um, I think the other part of it is like she is very militaristic because I mean she was in the air force or whatever. She's very, just her style and like her very matter of fact uh, humor, and it just took me a while to kind of get used to her. She's really different than I've never really thought about this too much but she's she's quite a bit different than all the other female uh, Avengers basically because all the other female Avengers are, are kind of they're they're like they're almost like the almost every single one of them could be the most likely to go rogue <laughs> okay right <laughs> and she like very much like she would never go rogue right i mean she like be committed to the group to the very end yeah but like i could see like i mean black widow obviously like came from she's a spy yeah rogue, basically yeah. right and then like uh like wanda the scarlet witch i mean i could see her she's i could use my energy in this different way well, she kind of does go rogue in civil war right right, yeah. right? um and so i don't know there's there's some of that that I hadn't really, hadn't really thought of, but she's a, she's very much a company woman. She's, yes, she's Air Force all the way. Yes, she is. Yeah, <laughs> yes, she is. Any, any final thoughts on the MCU as a whole or Endgame? I, I enjoyed the, like the, the big overarching kind of themes of the character that you would get even as you go from movie to movie to movie. And I'm sure you get this even more when you watch all the movies, obviously. Um, but even in the little bits, like, I, I mean, I, I, I would it'd be interesting to see somebody probably has this out there, just like how much screen time every character has in every movie. But I, I never really, honestly, like Captain Marvel's kind of one of the, first ones that I would have to say this about, but I never really felt like a character had a small part in the movie, but like just could have been done without. Mm. It seemed like everybody that was in, in the movie, whether they were in one of the Captain Americas or in one of the Avengers, like whatever part they played in it was not wasted. You know, I mean like there's, I'm thinking it's a, uh, not the winter soldier. It's civil war 
where like Black Panther's not in a whole lot of the Civil War, but the parts that he's in are like important pivotal parts and he plays his part well and then he's just like not there when he doesn't need to be. And it was a cool way to introduce him into the universe and then also lead him into his movie where he's like he's the new king and like that's a what makes a good king. Like that's kind of like the whole theme of his movie, right? But all of that is set up in Civil War, right? With him losing his dad. It's pretty cool how they were able to introduce him and then really tee up his his own uh you know standalone thing yeah i'd be really interested to see like what are the mechanisms that go into tracking a show like this because i mean obviously there's storyboarding but i just can't imagine the just like the i mean the the digital I mean, the, the digital ways that they keep track of this, any physical ways they keep track of this, it, it just, to me, just branches off into so many uh, areas that, like, you would you would almost need, like, a, 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 what am I trying to say? Like a, like a Bible? Like a, <laughs> like someone who's, that's just their job is to keep track of all the... The, the branching paths. Sort of, you would just need like a bespoke tool. That's what I'm trying to say. You would need like a bespoke tool. I just feel like any like software you would try to do this with, almost any like physical space you would try to do this with, you would just overgrow so quickly. But, you know, I mean, obviously this isn't the first time people have, have done it, but I think it's the first time it's been done this well. It's going to get even more complicated too because Disney Plus is is also bringing original content, you know, TV shows for for the MCU now as well that are going to have unlike the Netflix shows, they're going to have mainline characters. I mean, uh Falcon and Winter Soldier are getting a show together. Uh, I think I think they're going to be limited series. They're not going to be ongoing things, but um Loki's getting his own show, which I I guess is because of what happens when they go back to 2012 and he gets the Tesseract and, but that's a different Loki, right? Like that's going to be a whole different thing too, right? Cause that introduces like multiple, uh, universes or, you know, multiple dimensions. Uh, and then Wanda and, and, uh, vision are getting their own show, but I don't really know how that's possible because vision's gone unless, unless it explains like what they were doing, uh, you know, before infinity war, but, you know, that was only like a two week span. I don't know. Like they're, they're I, I'm excited that, that we're going to get content like this on Disney plus. I think it makes it even a greater value than it already is at just $7 whenever it, it launches this fall. But, um, I'm interested to see how they, because they're using these mainline characters, that stuff's gonna weave into the MCU too. Like it has to, it's gonna be wild. <laughs> I, I wonder, I wonder if there's a point, at which it becomes unwieldy. Like, it almost seems like they would have reached that point already. Right. And they haven't. Like, they've kept it together. You know, they've had storylines that fulfill themselves at, on, on, a, on a long range. But I don't know. I mean, it almost seems just like next level to take it into, like, TV shows that are on a completely different timeline than the movies that right. you're doing. I think we... Again, I don't know because... I'm not I'm staying away from trailers, but I kind of wonder if we're going to get some of that in Far From Home. Like it there have to has to be consequences to the things they did in Endgame, you know, around all this time travel stuff. Like 
And I mean, what if there are some branching universes and, um, and part of me is thinking this too, because we just had into the spider verse, which <laughs> obviously that's kind of what that is. Um, but it just makes me wonder like, why wouldn't they, um, slowly branch into that, especially if they're going to have to introduce the X-Men and, and the fantastic four, like where have they been this whole time? You know, that's kind of like the, the captain Marvel question, right? Where, have they, where have you been this whole time? Uh, maybe one way they could do that is if there were like these multiple realities or whatever, and then you're getting really comic booky and I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how they're going to do all that, but there's, they've certainly opened the door to do stranger things moving forward. Yeah. So how, how much do the comic books and the movies, how much are they like? Well, usually, another? usually what happens with these movies is they're, they're pulling from some series like, and a lot of them have even been more recent series. Um, like Iron Man three, I think was based off the, the extremist series, which I think came out in like the late two thousands. I mean, it was, I want to say it was contemporary to like when the MCU was starting. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, and then sometimes they, they pull, like maybe they pull from a, a couple different series into one, like Ragnarok has some planet Hulk stuff in it, but the, it, the MCU doesn't own the rights to do individual Hulk movies. So they kind of, you know, they're kind of like working the system a little bit and, and the Hulk movies, I, I don't, I don't know if Hulk works by himself, honestly, it, it kind of makes more sense to bring him in, uh, with, you know, with other characters. So they kind of did some of that in Thor Ragnarok where it was like a combination of stories from different stuff that they kind of merged together, but they always end up doing their own thing with it. Um, Age of Ultron was a comic series as well. And I think that one's a little bit older. Um, but they're always different. I mean, like the MCU always does their, it's, it's more different than I would say like the walking dead with what they do. Although the walking dead continues to get more different because you know, different characters and who's still around now and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of similar, but I'd say the movies, they take the storylines and then fit them into what really makes more sense in the established MCU in terms of tone and um, the characters they want to push forward and all that stuff. Okay. Last question for you. Are you going to go back and watch some of these other ones? I, I, I gave you some recommend recommendations along the way of, uh, you know, if you can go back and watch some of these movies, I, I would, I would say do it. But now that you've seen the end game, I know you're going to see Spider-Man cause you like Spider-Man, but, um, what about going back into the back catalog? We'll see. <laughs> Are we going to have this conversation again in a year and see uh, if you touched any of these other 10 movies? I do believe I've proven that present Phillips not that useful at predicting future Phillips actions. So, uh, I, you know, you'll have, to add, you'll have to ask future Philip at that point whether he's done it or not. In part, so, I mean, three of those are Thor, Thor the Dark World, and Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And I'm... You you know enough from from what happened in the Avengers to kind of understand what happened in Thor. I feel I feel like um, plus you know part of Thor in the Dark World 
the story is about him and Jane. Well, she's not, she's not in the MCU anymore. Like that, Natalie Portman's not coming back. So I just don't know how much relevance there is to those two movies. Um, I would, I would recommend watching Ragnarok, especially if you liked Thor in Endgame. You're gonna like Thor in, in Ragnarok, um, and it, you know, it was fun. It was, yeah, I'm, I'm very likely to watch that one, and I can watch that one sooner than later since it's on Netflix at this point. And then, you know, going forward, I guess November with Disney Plus, that to me is going to make it easy if if one wants to, one can watch any, any of these. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't know how likely I am to watch either of the other Thors, but I'm very likely to watch Thor Ragnarok. Um, I, I'll, I'll probably go watch Age of Ultron. I don't know. I, I'd, I'd like to see Doctor Strange. I, I liked it's him. It's fun. I it, liked him as a character. It's different. Yeah, I, I like that movie a lot. The, it's, it's very, it, it invokes a lot of uh, Inception visually. So if you liked that movie and how trippy that movie was... Um, it's it's good like and, and it has uh the ending is really fun too like it's it's not your typical marvel movie ending you know um so i i'd recommend yeah seeing that and and then the the other newer stuff you've really stayed pretty much up to date with um it seems like and you know i know you're going to see far from home you're going to be on board moving forward as long as that movie pass holds up. Although <laughs> they cut you off today. They sure did. I got 10 movies in about a month and a half. I'm so glad so. that you're my guinea pig for that. You're the extreme case and I'm the moderate case because I've seen five movies in almost the same amount of time and you've seen 10. But It's, it's weird. I mean, just to go briefly, but it's weird to me because I expected the restrictions to... to kind of ratchet down but i've had every single showtime of every single day until today i have none oh yeah you you thought they would just there'd be less opportunities even yesterday i looked and all the showtimes were showing yesterday and they just they just cut you hey god did you has no one shut i told you to shut that off like like a month ago they only update their. He's data. been killing us. They only update their database once a month. So I guess you know. Been beginning the dream. Beginning of the month, Sunday. R.I.P. Tony, you're the best. Despite what Philip thinks. <laughs> Why do you hate Tony Stark? <laughs>